The 90s aren't especially known for its horror movies. Sure, you've got dark thrillers like Seven and Silence of the Lambs, and there's some indie stuff like The Blair Witch Project. But of the horror movies you'd see in theaters, it was mostly sequels with barely enough plot to tie together the kills. In 1996, Wes Craven, the horror master behind The Hills Have Eyes and Nightmare on Elm Street, figured out the key to making something feel fresh. His feature did two things people hadn't thought to try with horror. First, the script was really fun and clever. It was full of characters who thought the same way horror audiences thought and was chock full of references to make the horror nerds chuckle. It proved that horror, a genre often unfairly thought of as dumb, could have a real brain about it. Second, it had the brilliant idea to cast actors who audiences had heard of. Nobody wants to see a cast full of nobodies. They want to see shining stars like Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, and Drew Barrymore. That's right. Drew Barrymore is definitely in this movie. Yep, the whole movie. All of it. So join us as we watch our favorite movie star, Drew, star in a horror <laughs> movie all of her own. It's Scream. What's your favorite scary movie? This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined as always by... I'm Mike Wellington, and Jesus, that's a tough question. Um, uh, My name isn't Jesus. My name is Chad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is this one of the times where you guys text each other about the bit or uh, not? Because... <laughs> Mark texted me, but he did a lateral, and... Uh, <laughs> said something else and it threw me off i i riffed on the idea i'm i'm sorry also that line right. was like in the background of the movie to the point where chad had to be like where where is that line in the movie yeah, yeah i did I, not I, so recognize that i have part. no idea what you're talking about it's Mark. apparently in the crew van uh mark you can uh the, the first time you meet uh courtney cox she's yelling at her cameraman like jesus hurry up and he's like my name's not jesus <laughs> And That's it's very really funny. funny. It okay, is really funny. I understand the bit now. Yeah. So, who, from the top? Who, whoever said comedy isn't best when it's explained to you is dumb. Because <laughs> yeah. comedy is always better when you have to explain the joke. Sometimes you need a little helping hand. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, this is Best Pictures. And what we do on this show is try and figure out what the best movie is for every year we've been alive. This is the beginning of our 1996 miniseries. That means it's my pick as the eldest, and it has cycled back to me. And I went with a little motion picture name screen. But before we get into it, I need to know, Chadwick. Yes. What have you seen recently? Uh, I saw Overboard. Uh-huh. Tell me about it. It's harmless, I guess. It's uh, that's pretty harmful, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, the premise is she she gaslights a dude yeah which, like it was and bad in the 80s and i don't know that it gets better with well, time. the gender swapping probably helps a little bit but it, it doesn't feel as bad as it could right, right. but it still feels gross and like you don't get it the guy was a real jerk before she uh-huh. did this so yeah. he, he was asking it? for it um, <laughs> yeah yeah the movie's about a guy who gets amnesia he's a billionaire and anna ferris uh, comes in and pretends to be his wife, so that she can, so that he can take care of the chores while she <laughs> studies. It's for dumb nursing school. <laughs> it's a dumb movie, but <laughs> it's like it. It felt good to like watch a new rom com, 
because uh, they really don't make a lot anymore. Uh, but it wasn't very funny, and I didn't really like the romance. So <laughs> it was totally right. just the aesthetic was uh, welcome in my life. But Love, si- Love Simon was a rom com this it year. It was, and, was and I enjoyed it better yep. than Overboard. Yes, I'm, but you're right. That that is kind of a dying genre. Big Sick like was also do. a rom com. Yeah, the Big yeah. Sick was like the best one ever. Right. So was I Feel Pretty. Well, I hadn't yeah. seen it. Won't see it. So, so they make them, but they're either like indie rom coms, which is where yeah. Big Sick kind of falls. But big budget rom coms are not as yeah. I mean, Judd Apatow anymore. Judd Apatow kind of like became the rom com guy, and yeah. his stuff is mostly com. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Okay. Um, Marcus, what have you seen at the movies recently? Um, well, or I've been mo- house or whatever. I've been watching mostly TV. Um, but other than the telly, I've been watching a lot of Tully. Um, <laughs> Mark, Mark, do you have that? I, show me your notes. Did you write that down? Did you write that joke in advance? I thought of that like one minute ago. Okay, um, oh, when I was it. sitting on it. Yeah. All Thanks right. for like taking that mental note and sharing it with us all. Because I'm. Um, you're welcome. That's kind of how I do things. Um, Tully's real good, y'all. Yeah, um, it, it made me realize it made me realize something very important about myself. Um, I never want to be a mother. <laughs> well, uh, easy enough. Um, yeah, no, I also saw it, and I thought it was pretty good. And like, I had a good time watching it. But then, like, when I go went to like rank it on my list of like 2018 movies, it was kind of shocking to me how low it was because I realized like, oh, I really love the performances, and I really love a lot of the choices. But there there's was just a lot. One, there's there's one big choice that I was not a like like I didn't love a it. Huge wrench in it for me. I didn't love um, it. And then there was just some things where it was like, <sighs> like I mean, everybody's experience is different. But there was a lot of like, oh, your husband isn't helping take care of the kids because you're not satisfying him sexually, and just a lot, like some weird things like that. And th- there there could be arguments. Fuck, this goes into the twist of the movie, so we won't like talk about it too much. But th- there could be arguments made that the movie isn't saying that's what should happen. That's what characters are thinking. But I don't know. I just was kind of like, I I've seen this movie a lot, and then they just add like a bit of like paprika over it, and. Hmm. I love the performances. It had cool things to say, but I, Mark, this was your movie. You talk about it, not me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I don't necessarily agree with your um, your your take about the whatever relationship dynamic issue mm-hmm. you had. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I thought that this movie was like, uh, I mean, Charlize Theron is amazing in this. Like, Very as good. good as she was in Monster when she won that Oscar. Right. Um and uh, Mackenzie Davis is also great. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't realize that Mark Duplass wasn't playing the husband until Mark Duplass walked on screen as the brother, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's been Ron Livingston the whole time. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but it, like, it really is like gorgeous, and there is like a montage of like the first week of the baby's life, or like I guess like two days. Yeah. Um, that was like visceral, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I've ever seen like early motherhood depicted like that. Right. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, it is good, and I think people should see it. I just, like, I came away a bit colder than I thought while still really liking it. It was kind of a confusing reaction to have. Um, yeah, it's I, not I, the I, best thing Diablo Cody has done. That's all I'll say, because um, she wrote Jennifer's Body, yes. uh, which is a cold classic. I that will is, say uh, that, too. That conversation is a coming. 
two thirds of the way through the movie, I was like, oh man, this is like one of my favorites of the year. And then when it ended, I was like, man, that was pretty good. Yep. Um, that's but, but the more the more I've think I've thought about it since then, I it's been growing back on me. Yeah. I yeah yeah yeah. I I, I like it well enough. There's just. There's been weirdly good stuff this year, even though I kept thinking like, oh, 2017's a better, better year. There's been some good shit this year. Hey, guys, yeah. movies are good. Well, Cody, what, uh, what good, good movies it. have you seen, Cody? Uh, um, not a lot mm-hmm. is the answer. I haven't been to the theaters since Avengers. Ah. Hasn't really been anything that I've wanted to see. Um, but I've been watching stuff on DVD, but the problem is I've uh, not liked most of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll talk about the most recent thing. I watched Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Um, oh. Wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, not his best, but I like it well enough. Not his best, and now people are going to think I'm a Linklater hater because I hated <laughs> Days and Confused. And uh, uh, Link hater. Oh, Link um, hater. but a little update on bef- the Before Trilogy, too. You liked both of the other ones and that. Yes, so, I, I, yeah. I have watched both of those now, and I love them. I think the third one is like straight up a masterpiece. It's so fucking good. Um, <laughs> I still need to watch them. I told all you guys I'd watch them like, the next day when we did the Before Sunrise up, and uh, still haven't done it. Right, Cody. Cody, yep. what are your what are your before um your after before rankings? <laughs> uh, it it's three. It's legitimately three, two, one. Okay. Um, yeah, three is uh like the last act of three is like insane to watch. It, like it is it is uh hard to watch. I would say. Yeah, it, it's so good, but. But Boyhood is just, I mean, it's long, which everybody knows I have a problem with. It's like two hours and 45 minutes, which is just like, whew. I mean, Cody's it, cuts take a couple years out. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> cut it all out. You know, um, it would be hard it, after filming for 12 years to like uh, cut anything because of just how much went into it. But yeah, I yeah, and, and 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 so like that, I that idea of doing it across 12 years is really cool, and there are some cool things that you get out of that. But what you lose with that, I think, was a like narrative arc, which sure there can be arguments made that movies don't have to have them. I would like for there to be. Um, yeah, it's basically just, think, just growing up in this, which like yeah. everybody does it, so we all know it. But it's still <laughs> right. there's something there's something to be had about seeing it on screen. But I, I the, hear you. The, the, they. The movie's been out for seven years, so I'll mm. fucking spoil it. It doesn't matter. I think the ending is dumb as fuck. If <laughs> I don't even remember what the ending is. The ending is he... Sh- like, so if it ended with him leaving his mom's house and going to college, cut to black, perfect ending. Probably like would have liked it a little bit more. But he, but it keeps going, and he like goes to college. He meets his roommate. His roommate gives him drugs. They go climb around in a mountain, and the last shot is him talking to a girl he met, and like... And it's like, so is the arc of this movie about him finding love? Because the fucking rest of this movie wasn't about that, like, at all. So why end here? That's not what the movie is about. Like, your last moments are your thesis statement to, um, maybe not always, but, like, your last moment's important. It, mm-hmm. it, it's it's what sticks with you and kind of leaves you thinking, like, what the movie is about. Yeah. And for the, and it I to end there is such a weird it's a pretty forgettable it. ending because, like exactly. Mark, I was like having a hard time remembering what the ending was because it is so like insignificant to what the movie was. I think I agree that like maybe like just leaving college or leaving for college and saying goodbye to his mom is a more obvious ending, but it's also maybe a better one. Like it's just like more obvious. Like yeah, this was the movie about growing up and. 
I'm basically saying it, end it like Lady Bird. If she goes to college, have her like you know reconciling with her mother at the end. Um, like, all movies should just end like Lady Bird because it's perfect. Uh, it's wonderful. Every movie should be Lady Bird. For um, real though, just just a letter being read uh, oh, as so good. as pretty pictures are on the screen. Hmm. So good. This um, that, that movie is the best version of what Boyhood could have been. Yeah, it just like I don't know, and it it basically like followed my age pretty close. I think it was yeah. like six months off or something like that. And it was weird how many like things I was like, okay, yeah, I understand that, and then other things I was like, no, I was never, I never really cared about that. Mm. The the boy just doesn't have a personality really throughout the movie. <laughs> things happen around him, and like. His parents have personalities, but he's just... I mean, maybe that's the idea that he's kind of the cipher for the people watching, but, like, I don't know. I don't know if that is necessarily the intention. I think a lot of that comes from um, uh, casting. Like, it's hard to cast someone that's going to be good uh, 15 years from now. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, So, let's... (laughs) I was trying to think of a transition. Imagine if he cast, like, a nine-year-old Chris Pratt. And then he just grew up. I know. Yeah, you just lucked out and had somebody yeah. who was someone who was big. just going to be charismatic and like a big star. Or if like you know it was the eighties and you cast this precocious young girl in a movie about mm-hmm. your alien and it was Drew Barrymore and then mm-hmm. she grows up to be in the movie Scream. Transition, hey, yeah. bitches. That's a pretty pretty good one. Um, let's talk about so, Scream. Cody, where did you first see Scream? Fuck, that's a good question. Um, yeah, that's why I host this podcast by myself. <laughs> right. Um, I I don't think it was high school. It may have been college, which is kind of mm-hmm. insane with how obsessed I am with these movies and how much I love them. Um, I, I may have seen the first one maybe senior year, but I, but I do ha- – I kind of think it was like freshman or sophomore year of college. And then they just instantly clicked with me. Um I don't know if we've told this story on the podcast before, but the reason Mark and I are friends is because my freshman year, um, we watched 31 days of Halloween horror movies in my dorm, and Mark and I went to those, and we became friends. I I probably watched like 21 of those. Right. And so me doing that, I got into horror, and I'm pretty sure I watched Scream after that. Because I think if you just watch Scream and you don't watch a lot of horror movies, it works, just mm-hmm. not as well. It, I, I think yeah. it still works really well. It's a well-constructed movie, and it's good. Having but I think some context having... for how horror movies work certainly helps going into this movie. Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, um, I, I don't think we, we watched this our sophomore year for sure but when we watched it it was it was more of you showing them to me i think you had seen them before okay i don't really remember i know like the fourth one came out in 2011 and i hadn't seen them when that one was in theaters Mm -hmm. because that one like came and went and i didn't go see it but now i've seen them all and i think they're all i think they're all pretty good i i played this one uh for our rewatch and then that whole day just marathoned all four of them because they're all pretty good um it's basically like one four two three is my ranking of them but Hmm. they're pretty good four is about how about remakes um (laughs) had you guys seen this before mark you just said you had Uh, yeah you 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 showed them to me and we did a marathon of them sophomore year of college got it 
So Chadwick. F- for me, it was like junior year of college. I had, I think I had some friends that were like, you've never seen Scream. We got to watch it. And then we watched it. And um, I, this is the first time I'm admitting this. I think I played it off really well that I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> So I remembered most of it, but I did not remember who the killer was. And so like I was still on this rewatch going through the ride of like, wait, so I thought it was this person, but it looks like it's not this person. Oh, it, it was that person. That's right. Okay, got it. I <laughs> it, like, remember. It's such a fun ride to go on. <laughs> oh, no, it's so good. The, the killer of who, like who the killer is sticks with me from one and four, but two and three, I'm always like, now who the fuck did it? Why right. are they... Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so um so let's get into it. Um I love this movie a lot, which is why I picked it. Mm-hmm. Um rewatching it, I was like, mm, no this rules. Um and, you know, it 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 stays. Uh, you know, this one didn't dip down for me. So, let let's get into the plot. So, it starts off Casey, who is played by Drew Barrymore. Um a very famous actress. Um, Cause at this time she had been in ET. She had been yeah. in a bunch of stuff. Um, she, she gets bigger cause she still has like Charlie's angels and shit to do. But at this time she's the name, she's the big person in this movie. Charlie's angels is the, um, the first thing everyone thinks of when they think of Drew Barrymore. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of, uh, I think of ET. I had, I had forgotten then, she was in Charlie's angels. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Santa Clarita diet's the first thing I think of today <laughs> yeah well i don't have enough time to watch tv shows yeah. um so casey gets a call from a creepy dude asking her about scary movies he's like what's your favorite scary movie um the conversation takes a turn for the worse when it's revealed that the creepy guy Ghostface, has kidnapped her boyfriend and is threatening to kill him mm-hmm. if she gets a trivia question wrong she does the boyfriend dies. The ghost face then kills Casey. Pretty gruesome yeah. scene. Chases around the house. It goes through um, a lot of interesting turns. Like, I love this yeah. scene a lot. The the the, the, re- scene, the revelation that he's watching her and then just, like, she's going around locking all the doors. And it's a, it's a wild mm-hmm. ride. I love this scene. It's also shot really well in a lot of long takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's fucking ballsy to kill the, the movie star that people came to watch in the opening scene. Yeah. She straight up like is yeah. above the title. She's on all the posters and stuff like that. And she's killed. Um, I... another reason I think this like scene, like, I think this opening section is a perfect short film. Um, like it could completely stand by itself and be great. Um, but part of why it works so well is like when she first answers the phone, she's making popcorn. So mm-hmm. you have the constant noise of the popcorn and like that. Mm-hmm. It, it like sort of creates like a ticking clock, except like the time limit doesn't matter. But you just hear it. Smoke starts filling mm-hmm. the room. It just like adds to the stress level as it goes. And then, yeah. you know, it's chock full of pop culture references. And do you guys remember the question she got wrong? Yeah, who was the oh, killer yeah. in Friday the 13th? She said it was Jason. It's Jason's mother in the first it's one. It's Jason's mom. The the Friday Jason's the 13th franchise mom. is weird because like I've still only gotten through the first two mm. and he's not the Jason everybody thinks of until part 3. Right. Like in 2 he just wears a bag over his head mm. and it, like maybe he doesn't have the machete yet or something. Like it it's not until 3 that he becomes the iconic, which is yeah. wild. Yeah, but then I think in 
in four, he's like dead and not in it. And it's Wait, like really? a it's a guy pretending to be Jason. I um, thought that was Halloween, but who knows? Uh, dude, all those like continuities of those um slasher movies are very confusing. Yeah. I mean, uh, at this point there are two different Jason franchises out there because the rights for Jason and the rights for Friday the 13th got separated. So really? who even knows what's going on anymore? Yeah, what, for real. Did that happen? I know Jason X is like in space. When did they start making Jason movies that were like separate? I, you probably don't um, have the well, history the, of this memorized. But. I don't have that in front of me, but I know that like Freddy versus Jason, um, okay. Jason Lives, Jason X. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, like they have a different company has the rights to make Friday the 13th movies. So that remake that came out in like 2009 or so, that was that not Jason? In the no, it was. Hockey Mask? It okay. was. I think they got it all like settled back eventually, but yeah. Um, Interesting. Well, I think they can make movies about Jason, but not necessarily call him Jason Voorhees. I'm not sure about that, though. No, he is in the remake. He is okay. sure Jason Voorhees. Um, so um, either Chad or Mark, I'm not sure. One of you guys wanted to talk about how popular yeah. cell phones were at this time? So I didn't think about this until um, there's another scene soon hereafter where um, someone's answering a phone and it's Ghostface. Do they, like... I hadn't thought about this before, but do you think that they were like, okay, so when someone calls me, I'm instantly like, oh, they're calling me from their cell phone. I don't know where they are. Um, In the 90s, though, when you got a phone call, you were like, oh, they're attached to a wall somewhere. Right. Do you, at what point do you, like, how confusing was it to be, for someone to say, I'm looking at you? Not that confusing, um, because like we see cell phones later in the movie. Right. Um, I think they're just rarer and harder to come by, obviously, than they are now. Um, But yeah, I think probably at first she did have that comfort, that idea that like, oh, this person is in a different house somewhere else. And then it was like, oh, yeah, cell phones exist when he revealed he was watching her. You know what's crazy? When you Google what year did cell phones become popular, 1996, mm. which is mm. when this movie came out. Um, so, so like, the rich kids would have them, right? Mm. Like, I think we only see one or two people with them in this movie, and that's part of, like, yeah, like the, the plot f- part of it. The fact that a boy has a cell phone later is, like, incriminating evidence that he might be the killer. <laughs> yeah, the, the police are like, what are you doing with that cell phone? Right. Right. <laughs> and they which call is it an insane phone, thing to ask now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so yeah, th- there's some outdated technology to this, but I still think like the it works really well, and it still holds up because it's like masterfully directed, and like the mm-hmm. tension is oh, constantly yeah. ramping up. Um, w- when they were when they were shooting this, uh, the 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 studio Dimension was like, I'm not sure if Wes is actually the right pick for this. Because they were seeing some of the dailies and they weren't like sure how it was going to work out. So Wes Craven just like edited together this first scene and he was like, watch this. And they were like, oh, oh, oh yep, you're good. <laughs> yeah, because this is a perfect short film. Like I, it just blows me away it's very how good. much the beginning of this movie could be taken out and shown with no context and work completely. This is this is kind of uh, playing off of like the um, the calls coming from inside the house riff, yeah. right? Uh, that like when a stranger called established. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Cody, do you remember when we watched when a stranger called? We watched the remake. 
Okay. Um, and it was fucking Boring. terrible. Yeah, yes, the remake. I've bad. only seen the remake, and it's very bad. Um, yeah, it's it, no good, very bad. Um, it's because that premise only works for a short film. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I mean, but the, it happens a lot in this movie. They just add a lot onto it, and like, right. there's other things going on. Um, I paused the movie exactly when this scene ended. This scene is exactly 13 minutes long, which fucking rules school. <laughs> like, like, it's so good. To the second? To the second. That's awesome. Like, it cuts the black, and when it raises up on Sydney, it's mm-hmm. 13 minutes. Like, there's no way that's not intentional for yeah. it to be that exact. Um, and it is which just rules. awesome that we have, like, that long of a segment, like dedicated to a character that's just not in the rest of the movie like it's just about this person that dies like a lot of movies like it starts with like the the stinger of like someone gets murdered and it's like to set up that like oh things are uh, things like this are going to happen later in the movie but like in this one it's so long and it's like there's just much more to it and it sets up like the commentary on scary movies that the movie is going to later dive into and yeah does um, so it d- does the opening titles happen in between? I believe like it does. It, I think it pops yeah. up scream right after the. So that's thirteen minutes before the opening titles, which is yeah. like fucking bug wild. Anyway, we should get on to the rest of the movie. This right. opening part just rules so much. It's worth um, like separating some time for it. It's that good. It it it, it it's so good and like also like. There's a lot of teen horror, and especially teen horror now that is very, like, PG-13, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, oh, if teens are going to watch it, it needs to be PG-13. It needs to be, like, Truth or Dare, where we're not really going to sh- Truth or Dare mm-hmm. may have been R. I don't know. Um, but but the, they'll be PG-13 movies, you know, because they're appealing for the teens, and they won't show the gore. They won't, like, lean into the violence. This shows you, like, this shows you right away how violent this movie is going to be. Like, they gut a dude. This yeah. movie was very nearly NC-17, um, to the point where, like, the MPAA was like, hey, you have to cut, make all of these cuts. And then, like, Wes Craven did it to a certain extent, but Bob Weinstein, who runs Dimension Films, literally had to call the MPAA and be like, hey, this is, like, a comedy film that's, like, normally they're opposed to gore because, like, horror is... Um, like worshiping gore and murder right. and all of that, mm-hmm. and Bob Weinstein had to be like, "This is more of a satire than a horror film. It's not right. glorifying this; it's commenting on it." And that's how they got away with it. That's um, wild. Plus, multiple cuts that they had to make because, like, the language isn't that strong in it. It like, is just you know, so gory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there's some f bombs, but like, I mean, uh, we'll get into this scene right now. So. Uh, we see Sydney Prescott, who is uh, played by Neve Campbell, and she's in a room, and her boyfriend Billy Loomis like sneaks up into the room, and they have this whole like conversation about like our relationship was headed towards an N seventeen, but then it slowed down, and now it's mm-hmm. just like a PG. And then she's like, "Can we settle for a PG thirteen? And she shows him her boobs, but we don't see it. Um, which mm-hmm. A is making a comment on how horror movies will just like throw in boobs just to right. have them. Um, which I think there's a couple more references to that in this movie. Yeah, where there's like, like a pretty explicit reference to it later. Um, 
the entire franchise, there's no nudity, um, which is pretty wild for a horror movie or horror movie series. But um, it, it's also interesting, too, because this movie is rated R, and it just, like, doesn't lean into the R-rated stuff other than the gore right. and then a little bit of language. Um, what we're saying is show this at your son's bar mitzvah, and it's fine. Um, yeah, right, because violence be is okay. Sex is bad. Right. Uh, Murder and blood, that's fine. Show that so to a baby. Sid- Right. So Sidney Prescott is dealing with the impending one year anniversary of her mom's brutal murder by a guy named Cotton, uh, who was put away in jail due to Sidney's testimony, like she pointed the finger. Hmm. Um, Sidney's dad picks the super inopportune time to go out of town. It's never really like, <laughs> why? Why yeah. now? Like, it's the one year anniversary of your wife's death. Yeah, and your daughter. You're gonna fucking your leave your daughter alone. Your daughter's mother, <laughs> like, yeah, it's wild. Not a great dad at the end of the day. Great, da- n- like, yeah, ugh. Um, so Sydney's boyfriend, like we said, Billy Loomis, he really wants to board the bang train. Um, and their mutual friend Randy also wants to board that bang train, but he's not being allowed to. Um, not being allowed to. I mean, he's the French. She doesn't fucking like him. Um, and he's the horror film buff. He gives us a lot of like the rules and yeah. who are the suspects are later and that sort of thing. Um, they are also friends with Stu, a loudmouth class clown uh, who's Shaggy from Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. and Tatum, who's Rose McGowan. Um, what do you guys think about our motley crew of? characters i really like this cast oh, so yeah. good it's really good um, like matthew lillard to me will always be shaggy and right. scooby mm-hmm. yeah um but he like he is completely able to make a different character in this yeah. Oh, yeah um and i really like jamie kennedy as well yeah jamie kennedy's good and i haven't really seen much of jamie kennedy in anything but he kind of became a punchline for a while um, Ski Ulrich, like mm-hmm. now I think of him as Jughead's dad. Yeah. And he's more of like a bad dude with a heart of gold in that show. Um, but his... here he's kind of like just a teen, which is yeah. bizarre. His character like really cracks me up a lot because he is like supposed to be this mysterious heartthrob, but he's also just like, it's really easy to laugh at him. Right. I don't know. Like mean, the first scene we see him in, he like, goes in and he just like asks for like over the clothes stuff because he would never break the under the clothes rule and then he immediately goes grabbing for stuff and she's oh yeah he's just like okay (laughs) he climbs back out the window it's just funny horny teen i i'm not allowed to turn this show into my riverdale fan cast because mark would get very mad at me mm-hmm. but uh, something that i picked up on while re-watching scream like a lot of people are like um riverdale pulls from twin peaks and stuff like that and it definitely mm-hmm. does and dawson's creek and it, it definitely does but there's a lot of stuff it feels like they pull from scream um a people lot say that of, like dna that they people say that riverdale is pulls from dawson's creek Yes. Same writer as Scream. Well, looky there. Looky there. Maybe that's what why. All connected um, tissue. Uh, but, but, like, Riverdale's very um, pop culture uh, conscious. Yeah. Um, which isn't is unique to Scream, necessarily. Well, but so is Dawson's Creek. It. Yep. And so is Buffy and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, so Tatum's brother, Dewey, uh, played by David Arquette. 
um, is a deputy who is investigating the murder of Casey. Uh, Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox, is a reporter who wrote the book about Sydney's mother's case and believes that Cotton was mistakenly charged. Um, and now she's in town covering this new murder, maybe getting a new book out of it, that sort of thing. Were they married in real life at this time, or was this where they met? They, no, they this met. is where this is where they met. That's, that's uh, which nice. is interesting. Equally interesting, yeah. David Arquette was originally approached for the role of Billy, which is Skeet hmm. Ulrich's character. No, wouldn't have worked as well. Nah. It, we wouldn't nope. have because he's too old. Uh, he actually read the script and was like, "Can I be Dewey instead?" <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what's this is about Scream, not the whole franchise. But there is a reference later in Scream 4 where, spoilers, Gail and Dewey eventually end up together like by the third movie and married and stuff like that. I so Dewey in the was fourth dead. movie... Didn't he die? Oh. No. no he died all. in this movie. Okay, never <laughs> no, mind. No, not at all. Um, but by the fourth one, um, Gail and Dewey are married or something and somebody makes a comment like, well, I just never would have believed you guys would get together. That's like something that only happens in the movies. And it's funny because mm-hmm. they got together in real life. And um, in the movie. And in the movie. They um, seem to be flirty in this. Yeah, they're yeah. flirty. And they have like romances like throughout the other ones. But like by four, they're married and have been married for a while. Gotcha. Um, so Sydney's chilling at her house. Um, Neve Campbell is so good in this movie, BT dubs. Mm. Uh, um, so Sydney's chilling at her house, waiting for Tatum to pick her up. Um, she gets a call from Ghostface. It's a creepy voice. He's like, uh, what are you doing, dog? I don't remember what he says, <laughs> but, he, you I know, just being that. creepy. Yeah. It's what, um, yeah it's, it's what are you doing, dog? I'm looking at the script what now. What are you doing, dog? Mm-hmm. What's up? D-A-W-G. Right. Mm-hmm. What's up? For what some reason, doing? I'm imagining um, Randy Jackson on the other side of the line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ghostface attacks her, but she escapes. Billy then shows up, claiming that he's just stopping to see her, but he drops the cell phone, which makes Sydney suspicious because yeah. she's like, okay, somebody just called me and then attacked me. Cell phones. Yeah. Um, he gets arrested, but later he's let go because they don't really have anything to hold him on. The cops are beginning to suspect Sid's dad because he's out of town and they can't reach him. So they're kind of like, and- well... When uh, when the reason that Billy gets let out is because they ref- they cross referenced the cell phone that he dropped. Yeah, and it wasn't him making the the call. The call was coming from her dad. He also didn't check in at the hotel. He said he would check in at. That's right. That's all right. these things. Um, it's looking um bad so for here's him. did you guys during this invasion scene while Ghostface is there, um, Sydney seems to be. Like instant messaging nine one one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Did you guys see that? No, how that works. Can you that's, do that? That's or still could not you do possible. Ninety six. I, I don't mean, it was think conne- so. It was connected to the phone line. That's true. So that you know, dial up. That's but true, but it's internet, not phone. It's weird. But they uh, just made it. You can text nine one one now, right? Like that came out a couple yeah. of years ago. But I mean, my phone, my phone internet, and internet my phone. Mm. So mm. true. Deep. I don't know. True. That's a good. Point. Um. Yeah. No. It, it is weird, and it is like funny because she's like running over to the computer <laughs> and like typing, and it's, it's like so Help. slow too. It's like <laughs> yeah. Hello. What is the emergency? <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, hi. Please send help. 
Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's good, though. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know how it works. Um, I was three during this time, so yeah. I was not allowed near a computer. If you it know how to baby brain. instant message 911, tweet it at us. Yeah. Uh, don't tweet 911 at us, I don't think. No. Because no, that might be Can suspicious. you tweet 911? You can tweet I mean, a Domino's order. Surely you can tweet 911. No, you can't tweet 911 because there's a TV show called 911. So if you tweet it, they just think you're trying to save that right. show. You're trying to like get the ratings up. <laughs> right. I don't know if your Twitter handle can just be the numbers, though. I like, can you just do you, at 911? Or do you have to do like at about. your city 911? Mm, that's I don't think it. you can tweet nine one one. I think you have to call it. Hey, if you if um, you know how to tweet nine one one, tweet at us. Let us know. But don't also, tweet nine one one. If it ends up that you can't tweet nine one one, in case of emergency, tweet at Best Pictures Pod. No, oh, sorry, don't yeah. at We Pick Picks. If you're having a hard time, like a murderer is about to kill you, and you can either call nine one one or tweet us. Got to choose one. Tweet yeah, us. tweet us and we'll talk about it on the show. Yeah. I think maybe you can and then just have two weeks later, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, on the uh the the Fox TV show is nine one one on Fox. So Okay. Um anyway. Uh um, like if I you tweet so you can tweet nine one one though? Yeah, but it's what not if gonna a, fucking do anything. What if a fox is chasing you and you're tweeting at nine one one on Fox on the Fox because you're having trouble typing? There's a lot of typos. Right. That, yeah, you you okay? I want it to be clear because I, I feel like we're being <laughs> irresponsible. You cannot tweet nine one one. It will do nothing. But Call you can tweet at us if you Text have an emergency. Absolutely should not because um, a movie you, emergency. We will get. Tweet us. Chad, I like I've been hearing about a lot of legal stuff recently. Like, if we make that claim, we can get sued. Okay. So absolutely okay. do not contact us in you case of emergency. Should, we put you like should a, not you should not treat us like nine one one. Right. You can. No. Nope. You absolutely you should can. not. You shouldn't. You shouldn't, you you shouldn't trust could. us to do anything about it. Because we're can. not we're it's actively not going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I would. Probably not. You're far away. Well, you don't know where the person's tweeting from. Yeah, not not from there, though. To summarize, the best picture standpoint on tweeting at us in emergencies is don't. <laughs> but if you do, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and w- you never know what's going to happen because nothing is. So you're just going to be waiting for something. And nothing ever will. Anyway, Unless school gets canceled because of the murders and the attacks. Uh, also, the principal gets right. killed. Henry also, Winkler's the principal is the in this for like two yeah. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> He's also, uh, during this murder scene, there's multiple Henry Winkler looking into a mirror doing the Fonz thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also they also try and like make you think he's the killer for like three seconds, and it's <laughs> like, like, yeah, we know, bitch. Like we know. <laughs> D- don't waste the time. Um, so uh, Stu decides to throw a party to celebrate the school closing. Gail and Dewey attend the party from afar, keeping the, an eye on the situation. Um, at the party, Tatum goes to get a drink from the garage, and Ghostface shows up, like try, cu- tries to like chase her and stuff like that. Um, and she gets like stuck in a cat Oof. door in a garage door, and it like lifts up, and she gets killed. Um, it's brutal, and I yeah. love it. It's pretty gruesome, yeah. This scene um, just like achieves being like very funny and very scary all at the same time. 
Right. Like, Tatum yeah. is being funny and like she's like flirting with who she thinks is uh, Randy. Is that the name of the boyfriend? No, no. she thinks that's Stu. Stu she is her boyfriend. Stu. Stu is her yeah. boyfriend. That's right. Randy is uh, Skeet. Nerd. Nerd. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, Billy. No, Billy, Billy is Skeet. Skeet. I get names. I'm yeah. bad with Randy names. Randy is Jamie. I'm really bad with the names. <laughs> Uh, but she thinks it's her boyfriend and she's like doing this weird, like jokey flirty thing. And then the knife gets pulled and then it's just terrifying. Um, yeah. Which is like really what the whole movie is, is being really funny and being really scary all at once. Right. Um, and never like sacrificing one for another. Yeah. Like it always, like it's, it's, it's such a fine line and it works like walks it perfectly. Um, so Gail and Dewey go to investigate an abandoned car nearish the party. Um, it's Sid's dad, so they now think he's gonna come and like murder up the party because he's not in the car. Where is he? Um, they're smoking and eating ice cream at the party. Uh, I put that note there because I I that happened at a different point, but I thought it was funny enough to point out. Uh, one of the parts where so the whole the whole thing with Dewey is that like no one respects him as a police officer because he's just Sydney's brother, right? Um, no, Tatum's no, brother. No, Tatum's brother. Yep. Um, and at one point he's like talking to a police officer who's like who's like chain smoking a cigarette, and um, <laughs> meanwhile Dewey is just like chain licking a, a ice cream cone. <laughs> That's it's, right. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Very funny image. Yeah, because he is like kind of childlike to a degree, and just mm-hmm. like an all shucks kind of cop. Um, yeah. Like he feels like he would be more at home in like Mayberry than he would like dealing with all of this. Absolutely, and I feel like yeah. A- any any cop is ill-equipped for what happens in this town in this weekend. No, I know, but but the other cops <laughs> are yeah. more like standard horror movie cops, and Dewey uh, is just like, oh my, <laughs> you know, like which is something that David Arquette brought brought to the role originally oh, it was written awesome. to be like a like a hunky character who was like tough and then he was like can i be this one and Wes Craven was like sure that one ended That's like incredible. do we ah do just works so well mm-hmm. like it's such a completely fits the tone of the of the movie god this it almost like establishes it it's great it's perfect um so they uh, they hear about, like, people at the party hear about the murder, so most of them, like, dip. They're like, ooh, fuck this, we're out. Um, except, basically, the main characters. Um, so, Sid and Billy, though, they didn't hear the news, because they couldn't hear it over the uh, sound of them bumping uglies. They've been fucking. <laughs> yeah, and they went NC-17. We don't see they anything, did. which don't. I, like, I'm going to point out, because I think it's key, like, that this movie doesn't like give in the horror movie stuff. So like it straight up cuts away. Um, but it cuts away to Jamie Kennedy delivering a monologue about like when you have sex in a horror movie, you will die. You will die. And he also gives right. a couple other r- rules. Mark, what are all the rules that he gives? Rule one, don't have sex. Which they do. And, and the crowd is all like, you suck. Uh, and then rule two is uh, don't drink or do drugs, which to which the crowd holds up their bar- right. uh, beer bottles. Yeah. And rule three is don't ever say I'll be right back mm-hmm. because you won't. That's when Matthew Lillard says I'll be right back as he's going to get another beer. Right. Funny beat. Um, so Sid and Billy get attacked by Ghostface like in the room and Billy gets stabbed. So it's like, shit, it's not Billy. <laughs> and this um, this scene is great because Billy says the line, what do I got to do to prove to you that I'm not the killer? And then 
proceeds to get murdered by the killer. Right. Literally, it's as like he a, says that, the killer is behind him. Right. It's almost mm-hmm. like it was uh, perfectly planned. Yeah. Um, so it's almost <laughs> like it was well, well shot and well staged. Or yes, and also like the characters talk Nar- to each other before. Narratively, um, it was perfectly <laughs> planned. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so Sid runs for help, and Gail's cameraman tries to help, but he gets stabbed. Dewey is there now; he also gets stabbed. Um, Gail tries to escape, but she crashes after swerving to miss Sydney. She like tries to escape in her car. Mm-hmm. A lot of shit's happening at once, so this may be all over the place, but a, a lot is happening at once. Um, Stu and Randy face off, and they're like, I think you're the killer. I think you're the killer. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, Billy reappears. Dude's not dead. Um, and Sid, like, picked up the gun from Dewey because when he fell over, he, he dropped his gun. And, like, Sydney was, like, holding it at Stu and Randy trying to figure out which one was the killer. Billy shows up and she's like, thank God, Billy. Hands him the gun. And, oh, shit. What happens? Billy shoots Randy. What yep. the fuck? <laughs> uh, Billy, in fact, is the killer, um, surprisingly. But he's not the only killer. Billy oh, he is a killer. He is a killer. Call him Brandon Flowers. Is Brandon Flowers the lead singer of the Killers of the Day? I fucked that up. I, I, don't, I don't know. You're the one who would know. Uh, I like the Killers, but I don't know. I think it's Brandon Flowers, but now I'm like doubting and thinking that's another band. Like Now too much time has passed since I went, mm-hmm, and you're not going to reveal who the killer is. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna reveal. It is Brandon Flowers. I just needed to make sure I was right. Um, yeah, Stu's the other killer. Yeah. Billy and Stu have been working the together. Guy. Um, they have been Ghostface. Um, they have Sid's dad tied up in the closet, and they're planning on framing the murders on him so they get away scot free. So that's why calls were coming from his phone, et cetera, et cetera. Billy's motivation is that apparently Sid's mom slept with Billy's dad and that drove his mom away. So he's pissed off. Um, This is also when they revealed that he and Stu were the ones who actually killed Sid's mom, not Cotton, but they kind of like pinned it on Cotton. Apparently Sidney's mom was like sleeping with a bunch of people. So it was uh, Billy's dad, but also she did have a thing with Cotton a little bit. And then they just kind of framed it on Cotton. Um, Stu wants to be a part of it for kind of no reason. He makes a like offhanded joke that it's because of peer pressure. So so he's um so I read about this and like so they kind of like went back and forth about like what the killer's motivation should be. One of the arguments was like, you know, like let's get him a motivation cuz that's a standard horror movie thing. And then the other argument was like it's a new millennia. Um the killer doesn't have to be a motivation doesn't have to have a motivation they can just be a crazy killer no matter what so they compromised by one character having a motivation and the other one not even though i think you can make an argument there's a scene earlier where they allude to the fact that Stu had a thing for casey and casey ended up dating somebody else so like maybe mm. that's where his starts and then he just kind of goes along with it because well, otherwise it doesn't make where... sense for them to kill casey at all well Yes, that's probably why they killed Casey, but they Casey wasn't their first kill. No, technically it was the mom. Yeah. Um, um but they that discussion that you were mentioning was was also in the film where when they were first discussing motivations and stuff like that cuz there's a discussion really early on where you meet these characters for the first time and they're talking about 
Um, well, it had to be a guy that killed her because it was so gruesome and and um someone was like well no fatal attractions a woman killer and they're like well it's just a that's just a nice pick it's not that brutal um at that point they're talking about motivations as well yeah uh, which is when someone brings up video store because jamie kennedy is like talking about like why it could be him why it could be all the other but it might happen a couple times but i know yeah like i was thinking of of the scene on the fountain outside school but also in the in the fountain in the video store yeah the video store they go like you know i could be the killer because you know i'm a love struck nerd but like Mm. maybe it's the new millennia and you don't need a reason and stuff like that so yeah they set all this stuff up and there's like a lot of payoff uh it's a a good movie um so Billy and Stu then stab each other to make it look like they were also attacked. So they kind of like faked it off. But like <laughs> Billy kind of like, I don't know. Does he get mad at Stu or he's just kind of like, no, I'm the one. Cause he well, like stabs Stu to kill him basically. And not I think, in the shoulder like he was supposed to. I think yeah. Stu stabbed Billy kind of hard. Yeah, and then deep. Billy stabs Stu back even harder. I uh, just like, I love this scene. It's very it's such good. A, it's such a great scene. It's like it, it's another one of those that is just like so gruesome and violent, but it's so funny because these guys are just like arguing. It's like an Abbott and Costello bit. Like I'm going to stab you too hard. And like I'm going to stab you back, and then like they're bleeding out and dying, and they're gonna. Right. And they haven't even finished their their job of killing everyone left. Right. Right. Like it's it's a hilarious thing, but it's also like deeply disturbing. But it's not like over the top played for laughs either, no, which is why I no. think it works so well. Like it, you know they're not like looking at the audience and winking as they do mm-hmm. it like and they're not going overly big they're still treating it like it's a horror movie which is why it works so well and um, the gore here is is insane this is one of the scenes that the mpaa had to be like hey less blood during this part <laughs> they're just right. covered like uh skates wearing a white shirt and a lot of it's corn syrup but a lot of it is his own blood is yeah. this the one Fuck. Uh, so this is the problem with me watching them all in one day. <laughs> yeah. Do in this one do they like? Is this where they run around and like crash the table and stuff to make it look like there's been more of a fight? No, I think that's four. It is four. Sorry. I mean, they are running around the house and stuff, but it, it, they're not like making commentary about why they're like doing it or anything like that. Well, well, in four, they're like trying to make it look like there was a huge. Uh, scuffle so they like purposely like fall on a glass table and break it and like break yeah, oh no it's nothing like that in, in, this, in, the, in this one Got they it. they do i think uh skeetle rich gets mad about something or other and knocks it like throws a table over or something but mm-hmm. i don't remember why gotcha okay so gail shows up because she's fine um she survived the crash mm, yeah um, she's fine <laughs> awesome. Uh, so Sid uses this distraction to get a leg up on the attackers. She kills Stu, and after a uh, scuffle, uh, she gets a gun and shoots Billy. Uh, make sure to shoot him twice, though, because the killer always comes back. And he does. Uh, and then they shoot him again. And then shoots him again. Um, and then it's all over. Gail reports on what happened. Um, you get the scene that be- kind of becomes a staple for the Scream franchise, and then in the Scream TV show, they comment on this very thing. It's the ambulance scene, so the credits roll, and everybody gets into the ambulance and the cop cars, and it just, like, fades yeah. out. Randy and Dewey are hurt, but they're okay. And Sydney saved the day. This thing ends this- like a diehard movie where we get, like, no time to recover uh, right. with and the like- characters and see what's, like, next for them. <laughs> 
Right. I know Sydney or I know Dewey and Randy are fine because they show up in other movies. But I could see where, like, if you hadn't seen the other ones, you would assume that those two were dead. Yeah, I just remember the last thing, seeing Dewey get stabbed, I think. And, like, I don't remember seeing him, like, okay again. You see him on one of the stretchers, but it moves by pretty fast. So I I could see where you thought that, you know, maybe he did die. So Um, good movie? Yes? No? Very good movie. Very good Um, movie. So do we want to talk a little bit? I mean, we've hit on it a lot, but this movie Mm -hmm. as a satire of slasher movies, but it's still like it works well as a movie. Like it doesn't sometimes satire or spoofs lean too far into being those things and they're not effective at being, you know, a good movie necessarily. Mm. Uh, I don't think this falls into that. I think this movie says all the stuff it wants to say. It offers all the ideas that it wants to, but it's still like Mm -hmm. a very well made great movie. I don't know if, I would call this a satire more is it's just like it is a self-aware horror a slasher. Right. Um I'm not exactly sure what the different what what makes something a satire but this doesn't necessarily have something to say about the genre as much as it does just want to make a good one that's smart and recognizes tropes and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I think what it's trying to say is the recognition of the tropes. Is mm-hmm. like all horror movies have followed these rules. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we are all now savvy to the rules, so now people have to think of different things to do. Right. Yeah. Um, but then they still follow all the rules. Um, not all of them. Like, some of them can have sex the and still live, but like we're acknowledging yeah. it as we're walking past it. Um, yeah, I think... Right. Like this movie, the horror definitely like works very well. I was watching this um, on my phone on an airplane because that was like the only time I could find to watch it. Um, But like when it was the scene with Drew Barrymore and it was the first time Ghostface like broke the window to like break into the house, I like literally jumped out of my skin and like my phone went up in the air and I like had to pause it (laughs) and like start over because. It works. It like it sucks you in with like really well done tension, and then like it's it manages to scare you. Wes Craven's like a master of it. Right. Um, I hate that the ghost face mask has now sort of become kind of a jokey mask, um, because now you see it and you're like, haha. And it's like, well, no. I mean, in the movies, it's still good. Like, yeah, yeah it's kind of a dumb mask, but that's not really the point. In in the movie, they they make a, they they're like this mask was like spot at a costume store there's thousands of these across the country mm-hmm. you can't trace this right. that that mask was actually found at a costume store mm-hmm. um, that's so cool and they they like tried to like make their own version of it that like didn't impede on that that co- uh, that company's copyright right and west kept being like no that's not right it's not what i wanted <laughs> so he was like they eventually they just had to buy the copyright for the mask that's so they could incredible. use it i love it i love it and now it's like very iconic um, so, you know, an obvious comparison is Cabin in the Woods. We don't necessarily want to dive yeah. too deep into that right now because we may talk about that movie later, though maybe on a revisit we might not. I don't know. Um, uh, we, we might still. Um, I do love is, that movie. Is, I think it's pretty good, but I, I mean, I think Scream does some stuff better. I think Cabin in the Woods leans too much into the funny um yeah and i think it accomplishes like the satire and like the saying things about the genre 
more than Scream does, but then Scream is like more successful as an actual horror movie. And so yeah, like, I, I Scream think is better, better at being both, but I think Cabin in the Woods is better at being like a satire commentary. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll accept that. Um, we'll talk about it more maybe later. Cool. Um, so is the twist good? Uh, the twist that it was Stu and Billy, is it predictable at all? Um, um, it really isn't. It really isn't that predictable. Um, I don't think it's necessarily like shocking um, any right. more than like your normal slasher movie sure, twist yeah, yeah. is. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, had seen this movie most of it before, and then I fell asleep toward the end. But I was sort of dozing in and out at the end, and I, it still surprised me on the second viewing. Like I right. did not remember who it was. So it, it's crazy it that it's. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy that it's Billy because he's the first person that they they think it is, and it does end up being him. The bigger twist is kind of that it's Stu as well. Yeah. The the two killers is kind of the crazy thing. The fact yeah. that there's two of them and not just the one. Um, because yeah, in your head when like they think it's Billy at first. You, I just immediately rule Billy out in my head. I'm like, oh, so I guess it wasn't Billy. I thought it was. Right. But I thought I remembered it being him, but I guess not. Um, <sighs> because that's just how movies work. Is like, you right. think it's this person, and then it's not, and then you think it's this person, and then it's not. But this movie, it's different. It's great. Right. Uh, yeah. So good. And speaking of how good it is, like, so I'm obviously a horror movie boy. I've watched a lot of horror movies. You guys are less so horror movie boys, I'm though. You you guys like still horror. watch a lot. Yeah. You, you guys still watch a lot. Um, I don't watch as many as I used to, um, but I do enjoy them when I watch them. Yeah, we're definitely. There's definitely a subset of like uh, people who are like, "Nah, all horror is bad. It has no value," and none I, of us th- are that, which is good. That is much rarer to find nowadays. Because you know we've had it, it follows, follows. Yeah. stuff like that. Uh, the the, the Baba Duke, uh, the wave of like um, highbrow horror. But those aren't like fuck. really horror, Cody. You don't understand. Yes, those those are, are films. Those aren't really <laughs> horror movies. Uh huh. Those are uh-huh. like films. So also, it made fucking so much money. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what did? God, it did. Dang it. So, so where does Scream kind of fall in the pantheon? Do you guys think? Like, I hold it as like straight up one of the best horror movies ever made. Um, I obviously have high praise for it though, so I don't know necessarily what you guys think. I don't know if I would call it one of the best horror movies ever made, but slashers aren't really my subset. Mine either. Um, it's Th- that's weird. It's only Scream for me out of this out of this subset of horror movies that I like. I don't like. Can barely sit through any of the Friday the Thirteenth. Can barely sit through any of the Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, Hall- the original Halloween and mm-hmm. the original Black Christmas, of course, are like stunning and well made. But those are like exceptions to the rules of slasher. Mm-hmm. But Scream, like Scream, is it for me? That really. I would um, say for me, Scream is far and away the best slasher movie I've yeah, ever seen. For sure, I, there's still some blind well, spots for me. Like I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know that's like a, a yeah, a, it's pretty good. A film boy's I, uh, favorite slasher. I love Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, Halloween, um, I think is the best. That's one. I yeah. haven't seen Halloween. I actually Halloween. have not either. We're we're Ooh. bad at watching movies. Halloween, Halloween is so good. I borrowed a box set of Halloween movies. Around the time of Halloween, um, have not gotten to them yet. Well, Do you still before, have the box set? before, I think so. Somewhere. Before the I hope so. sequel, I didn't put back. before the sequel comes out in fall, you guys need to watch the original. 
Oh, that. for sure, I will. Just um, the first one's canon now, right? Like I just no, just need to watch the one first and one. Two. one and, one and two. two. Okay, got yep. it. But I don't need to watch H two O. No. Cool. So, I might still watch H2O. Yeah, I'm going to watch all of them. Um, I'm also going to watch H2O Just Add Water, which is a mermaid show that I've seen on Netflix. <laughs> Wait a second. That's not the Halloween movie? Uh, what if it was? What if you were like, okay, so I'm going to watch all these Michael Myers movie. Oh, fuck. I have to watch H20. Um, hey, Michael Myers isn't in this, and it's about three girls who are mermaids. <laughs> they lost the plot. But What's it's not canon on? anymore. It was once canon. They had like <laughs> it was huge once, it was w- ambitions for where the franchise would go, but they just couldn't. Right. Yeah. Like so, they were just building. Like you know, like in the next movie, Michael Myers would show up to kill the mermaids. But this one was just letting yeah. you know the mermaids' like, personality. It was like a split esque like backdoor. Right. Yeah. Like, like at the end, you see them watching Shrek, and you're like, "Who plays Shrek? Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Mike Myers." (laughs) Oh, you mean like that killer from way back when? (laughs) Um, that's the one thing that's gonna stick for me from Baby Driver. The rest of that movie has just slipped out of my brain. Uh, I don't know. Actually, the music like scenes are cool, but I don't know. It's a slippery movie for me. a, A lot of the movie's really cool. Yeah, I. I don't know. Maybe Edgar Wright's worst movie, though. And it's still uh, pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, every. The first of every series, I don't know what the fuck to do. I always get confused because I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, normally we fight about it and compare it, but. Uh, I think we can all just agree it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, do, so do you guys. I mean, that's what I want to know now. Like, so obviously, it's the best movie of 1996 uh, mm-hmm. so far. Um, just tell me y'all's thoughts about it. Give me, like, you guys said it was very good. Give me a little bit more. I think, I mean, this movie just has, um, a sense to, of itself that a lot of horror movies don't where, like, it's, it's fun and it's light and the characters, like, make jokes to each other, um, in a way that you don't see a whole lot. And, like, not even jokes to each other. There's, like, a, a part where, um... A, a character is watching a movie and uh, being like, oh, he's right behind you, while there's a character right behind him, oh, which so is, like, good. funny. And then there's another scene where someone's watching the video of that happening <laughs> on a delay, and he's like, there's someone right behind you, and there's someone right behind him, too. Right, and I'm yeah. like, this is, like, three layers of dramatic irony that is impossible to pull off nowadays. Yeah, or not it, impo- but, like, it, it's so original that it's it's uh, yeah. it's amazing that it could be happening. That might be my favorite sequence in the movie is the he's right behind you sequence. It's amazing. Um, Um, Yeah, it's just so well made. Um, I I mean, I don't know if anybody else could have made this movie. Um, There was like a list of potential directors and every single one of them would have been awful for this Uh, movie. Do you want to go over one by one? Yeah, go through them. Um, Let me find them again. Um, well, first of all, there's my boy Rob Rod, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, Oof. no, would have been a totally different movie. <laughs> you guys want to know an interesting fact though from the Scream franchise? Um, What's that? Canonically, uh, so eventually in the sequels, people make movies based on the events that happened in this movie, so mm-hmm. it becomes the Stab <laughs> franchise. And in oh in gosh. universe, the stab movies are directed by Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> That's really funny. But but the thing is, like, 
how could Robert Rodriguez ever make a movie with enough restraint <laughs> to be like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he... I haven't seen every Robert Rodriguez movies, but the ones I have seen mm-hmm. aren't necessarily like... They're buck wild. <laughs> I, I mean, the only one of his that I've seen that I like is From Dusk Till Dawn, and that halfway through becomes a vampire, like, killer movie. But, like... That right. was... That was what he would have come off of to make this. Um, what the f- yeah, so maybe, but it's it just like made sense. I guess time, his I next guess. best movie would be Spy Kids, but basically every other one I've seen is like awful, and I no good. Don't enjoy him at all. Well, I mean, what he does is just make stuff that's super over the top, um, right. whether it be super kitty like, uh, um, like Spy Kids, or super like. B movie and Grindhouse like Machete or super like gritty and dark like Sin City. Anyway, right. I, I I I like him to some extent. I did just watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl, um, so I will take <laughs> some of that back. All right. All right, all right. Um. So so Danny Boyle could do something with this, right? May- Maybe. Like, th- this may be controversial, and it's mostly because I haven't seen enough Danny Boyle stuff. But like, I don't. I don't know if I feel like Danny Boyle movies are Danny Boyle movies. So like maybe he could, cause like 28 days later doesn't really feel similar to, um, you know, like slumdog millionaire, slumdog millionaire or a hundred. Well, he did sunshine also, didn't he? He did sunshine yeah. and 28 days later, which both are horror movies that I love. So maybe he would have done okay. And also, um, shallow grave. I watched shallow grave recently, which was his first movie. Um, and it is kind of a horror movie. It's it's more of a okay. thriller. Um, but like I think that he has some horror chops, but I don't know if he could do like a comedy horror like this. Right. Whereas yeah. like Robert Rodriguez would probably be too funny. Danny Boyle would right. be too horror. It would be a weird tone. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen any um, of his horror of, stuff. Like I haven't seen Twenty Eight Days Later. So or oh, Twenty Eight Days Later is so good, dude. Both of those rules school. Mark doesn't like sunshine as much as me, but I love it. I, I think it's do my awesome. homework. Um, third act problems. Clap, 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 clap. I think Ro- that movie uh, only works because of its third act. Oof. Yeah. Not a very good. Like, could you imagine the the crowd at a basketball game cheering that? I don't think this team is very good because it has some shooting problems and also the defense problems. Maybe try to go number forty four more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not a great champ, but basically, like, I don't know. It's a good slasher movie. You just don't know. It's one. Speaking of Bad people who have made zombie movies, George Romero was in talks or was considered to direct this. This is a hard one for me because he's like a living le- or not a living legend. Jesus. Um. He he is well, a maybe, legend. Maybe living again. Zombies. Yeah, he could be. That's, that's a zombie um, joke. I so I the I've only seen one movie by him, and it's the original Night of the Living Dead, which is same. a good movie. Yeah. But I just like I don't I don't really know. It doesn't seem like he played a lot in other genres, but that could be ignorance, like in other subsets of. Horror. Yeah, the rest of his movies are a blind spot for me. I know he did a bunch of other zombie stuff. Uh, right, but, but I'm I only sure saw he the original did Night other of the stuff. Dead, I don't know. I yeah. just I don't. That that one's a big shrug for me. Um, I haven't seen any Romero's, and that's embarrassing. Um, Sam Raimi though Wrong is an interesting. Choice, he could have done it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Evil no, would have been a very no, no, different. No, no, no. Evil Dead Two are both great examples of why he would have done it. Too, 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 way too over the top. 
Yeah, I mean, way I th- too. Over his the top. his humor is like zany, especially yes. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at this point, he's making some weird stuff, in, in, like in this in, at this point of his career. But like, it's like slapstick. Like when he does horror comedies, it's like slapstick, mm-hmm. goofy, zany horror comedies. Which and this it's not played straight. Be. Like yeah. that, that's why this movie fucking rules. Is it's all yeah. played straight. Yeah, and like the 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 writer like was not cool with any of those directors doing it because he was like i want to make sure that they realize that this is a horror movie primarily yeah um mm-hmm. and then Wes craven like when Wes craven saw the script he was like i want to do it and then a different studio bought it so he couldn't um right. and then the weinstein's wine scenes were like hey yo do you want to direct this and he was like ah oh, too late i'm already making the hunting uh and then that didn't work out so he ended up being able to do it um, but I'd I like to point if... out that it was primarily Bob who yes, was involved in mostly this movie. Bob. Mm. Uh, good, Dimension, good. yes, Bob. They um, they both get credits, but no, well, but Robert, but but this, but, but, this but, is... but Satan Man just like put up money. Bob was actually involved in this one. Yeah, this is this is Dimension, which is his half of or like the, which is what he was in charge of. It's like their their genre half of so that's interesting studio. that bob was so in with rodriguez because rodriguez is, is a he, a lot of his stuff is dimension yeah and then i mean like, um, they like they like Craven kind of deal with stuff like rodriguez that. i think um but then tarantino is off on his whole other thing so yeah anyway. um chad your thoughts um yeah i think it's a really good movie i think it's really cool that uh wes craven was able to like create a lot of these tropes with like his movies and then just like talk about them in this movie. I think that's just a really cool thing. It's um, kind of like Steven Spielberg uh, doing Ready Player One. Only much better. Except, ex- yeah, except Scream's <laughs> way better. Yeah. But it, but it's a similar idea. Somebody looking at their yeah. legacy and like at the things they've established. I also um, love his cameo in this movie. I'm usually not the biggest fan of cameos like that, but he plays uh, Fred the janitor Fred. dressed up like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. realize that was him. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Him. I I I didn't realize that was him. I had a I kind of guessed it was him because it was dressed as Freddy Krueger and his name was Fred, and I was like, "This is something." Yeah, right, it's, right, it's a, right. definitely and, a thing. And he created Nightmare on Elm Street, so right. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, um, but it's yeah. very good. It's doing a lot. We've talked about it a lot, but I like it, and it's my favorite of 90, 1996 so far. Right. I I. I definitely love this movie. That's why I picked it. It's weird that this movie is kind of a comfort food movie for me because it is so violent and gory and that sort of thing. Yeah, what's what's but the like, matter with you? I, I, I just can like, and it's weird too because I'm like, oh, I'm the animation boy, but I'm also so fascinated by like horror stuff. But it's like, I can turn on this. I had the best day just like watching all four of these, just chilling out and like relaxing and watching these movies. Um, it's because they're not too scary. They're not too gory. They're not too like, they don't depreciate. They're pretty gory, but you know, they're not saw. Um, they don't, they don't depreciate like in their humor because their humor isn't like joke, like standard kind of comedy, uh, movie jokes, you know? Um, not to say like comedy movies are bad, but sometimes the second time you watch comedy movies, they don't work as well because you know the jokes. Right. Um, it's very so clever. Yeah. It's the arrested development of horror comedies. Yes, very much. And yeah, it's 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 weirdly a comfort food movie for me. Um, rewatching it, I was more struck with all the like 
cinematic things it does well, all the screenplay things it does well. Like it, it's a well constructed movie, well acted. It yeah. fucking real school, and it's the best of 1996. So let's wrap it up. Um, Mark, what's the best movie of 1996? It's definitely Scream. Hey Chad, what's the best movie of 1996? Scream. Hey Cody, what's the best movie in 1996? It is Scream. Remember everybody. Oh, we didn't plug our shit. Anyway, you can they find us. Plugs. You can find us on shows, We're social, easy whatever. To find. Yeah, it's, look, we're so look, easy. It's our look names, for, basically. Look, look for Best Pictures uh, Facebook group. That's where you need to. You can tweet be. us at nine one one. No, right. Um, where can they tweet us, Cody? Uh, they can find us at We Pick Picks and find us on Facebook, um, Best Pictures Facebook group. Um, thanks everybody for listening. And remember, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Uh, Two weeks from now, we'll be talking about the movie Fargo. You can watch it on Max Go for streaming, and you can buy it on iTunes and Amazon. And, uh, oh, what do you know? Say...